So are you, uh, Frank, looking forward? Are you optimistic about the next five to 10 years? Oh, I was hoping you would not ask me that question. Yes. Actually, the next five to 10, yes. The 10 after that, not really. You're listening to Pardon the Disruption with your host, Tom Young. Hey, so welcome to the show here. I'm sitting here with Frank Casale. This is our follow-up. We were in Morrison and Forrester's office last month at your event. Yes. We were at the uh, next-gen sales gathering speaking to the sell side. Yeah. So you got good feedback from that meeting? Oh, uh, wonderful feedback. And uh, thank you for taking the time. And great feedback specifically on your involvement. No surprises, Tom. Right. Hey, so... We had talked at that event about getting together occasionally in New York here and just having a quick conversation. Are so, you surprised I took you up on that and came here today? Sorry. No, no, no. Did we, you no, really mean we it? We were here for a video okay. shoot, and I said, hey, let's get Frank in. That's, that's perfect. So we piggybacked the whole nine yards. We're over here in uh, Spaces in Hudson Yards next to Madison Square Garden. The Big East Tournament's going over t- today. Mm-hmm. But today we wanted to just um, – you and I have had a lot of conversations over the years, mm-hmm. and I thought it would be uh, an interesting exercise and in, maybe an interesting exercise in futility <laughs> just to make a couple of predictions about mm-hmm. things we start to see unravel based on our observation about the uh, automation, the RPA market, AI, some of the things that are happening, just to be provocative. The thing about predictions is they're very hard to do. You can get the prediction right, but the timing wrong, or you get the timing right and the prediction wrong. It's hard to get them both right. So, let, so let's talk about a little bit, you know, a little bit of trends you're seeing and let's, let's, let's make some predictions about things we might see in the future. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was asked this question earlier when we did a video shoot and, you know, I, I hate making predictions. So I'll just start it off and, just, and I'll just say this about the, the future. The, the world five to 10 years from now, and I mean the, really the business world in terms of what's going on, will be unrecognizable from, from today. Meaning that as we look back five or 10 years from now, we'll say, boy, we had no idea. So what does that mean for prediction-wise? I just think that's the landscape of which you're trying to make predictions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So to say it's, un, it's unrecognizable means you're kind of shooting in the dark here a little bit. What's your thoughts on that? So I agree. Um, I think it gets more exciting or dramatic or scary if you step back big picture and you look at where we are right now as far as kind of this, let's just say, digital revolution, although I, can't, cannot, I cannot come up with a better word, but you get it, right? You look at where we are and many other countries are politically, um, and what's the third part of the of the triple bewitching hour? I would say demographics. Just, yeah, just the demographics. I, I, maybe you toss in there financial uncertainty, mm-hmm. if you will, depending on where you are on the map. So um, uh, uh, there, there are there are people that think we're on the verge of some sort of a velvet revolution here, right? But right. if you if you overlay one on top of the other and say it, where do where do we where are we in the next few years? Politically, technologically, commercially, there's a lot of uncertainty layered on top. So uh, I would say if you're if you're comfortable with status quo, be prepared to be extremely uncomfortable. When we were here uh, last time, 
your son came by, and one of the things I want to talk about demographics. I mean, we go back five years. Uh, he was still in school, right? He was in film school, just, mm-hmm. just starting out, mm-hmm. and now he's a big time guy on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I said he had 1.2 million followers. I think by the time I got out of the elevator, he had 1.3. I was just looking up like how many he has now. I have no idea what it is. It's probably more than that. So t- talk a little bit about how. Uh, the social media side and how your son's, I, I think you got to be very proud of him. I would be. No, of course. Well, listen, I, uh, I have four kids. I'm fortunate they're all great in their own way. They truly are. Uh, Danny, who's my first born, right. he's the uh, part filmmaker, part animator, part online personality. But he's kind of where I get a sense of where things are going, right? So how he and his people communicate is different than how you and I communicate. You know, we think of email blasts and things like that, uh, PowerPoints, you know, that's just kind of silly with that group, how they communicate, what's what gets their attention, uh, what's engaging to them, what's important to them as far as art and culture and music and right. things like that. It's a whole different world. And then normally, if you go back, you know, if this was the, 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 the 60s or 70s or 80s, it would be like, ha, 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 generation gap. And you think like, well, the next decade or two no this is it's it gets back to the next two or three years um well so i, I so as part of the predictions and go out five ten years you think um i'm, I'm gonna pick an age of 35 years old mm-hmm. uh, you know and that's sort of the front edge of the millennial curve you can say well, you can argue the demographics were exactly where that goes but in five or ten years they're 40 45 years old they're running the world and they do things differently. They, they relate to social media. They're much more visual. Uh, I, I look at some of the things. Like, I'm amazed. There were some uh, articles in the press in the last 30, 60 days about Kylie Jenner. You know, youngest self-made billionaire. You know, she's got 125 million followers. And I think something, uh, I might get this wrong. She was charging $250,000 for one post. Yep. And ironically, it's worth it. it paying off. Well, listen, I don't think they need to be 35. I would say 25, late 20s, the, the, you know, they launch, as you know, Tom, to launch a company, to get funding, uh, to scale, um, there's a lot more you could do now than even 10, 10 15 yeah. years ago. There are younger politicians, as we all know. There are younger business leaders. Uh, banks are more willing, as, as VCs are, to, to loan these young folks money. And at the end of the day, the most powerful thing um, uh, I would argue the uh, most influential thing in any culture is media, and they're they're con- they're driving it. Mm-hmm. They get it. They they get it. You and I are pretty savvy, but right. they're way ahead of us, and they get it. So that, that just kind of uh, <clears throat> I guess ensures that we will not be in a comfort zone the next uh, five years. So time. are you, are you th- would you say that uh, if we just talk about one trend, would you think that there's going to be consolidation amongst industry players or fragmentation or new entrants that come in that surprise us? Well, depends on who you are. If you're a traditional, um, if you're a traditional uh, outsourcing service provider, if you're able to reinvent yourself quickly, uh, then you'll make it, right? You'll yeah. make it from, you'll, you'll be able to transition from the last movie to the next movie. Uh, many will not, you know, you and I have had this discussion uh, if you're a software player, if, um, I think where it gets questionable in my mind is what do these companies end up buying? I think ultimately less companies buy software, more companies buy solution. Why mess around with the car parts, right? right. Yep. 
So I think at the end of the day, it's all about the car or the transportation. So I think ultimately, even the software players morph. Um, and I think it really, at the end of the day, the majority of this moves toward AI fuel platforms as a service. Do you see, um, I saw an interview last year with Elon Musk, and he, uh, he got into a little bit of a back and forth with Mark Zuckerberg. And in, in the context, and you and I talked about this a lot, that AI was going to be, a, in the end, a net job destroyer that was going to take more away. We're not seeing that today, largely because of the way it's scaling out. But uh, Musk had that point of view. He had the point of view that, and, and with him was people like Bill Gates and, and Hawking. Stephen Hawking. And, yeah, and, yeah. and other guys. So, and they don't really have a vested interest in what they're saying because they've already made it and things like that. But Musk said to people, he said, and this is what he said last year, I've seen the cutting edge AI and people should be very worried. And Zuckerberg was basically saying, no, 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 it's all going to be net positive. And then his re retort to that was, uh, I've talked to Mark. He's just not familiar with the subject, which is a cut that, that was hard. For to sure. Well, so here's the thing. I, when I think of um, Stephen Hawking, uh, his commentary, uh, which softened a bit toward the end, but uh, that was scary to me. Musk, who I believe is super cool, modern-day techno yeah. Leonardo da Vinci. I mean, he's just like multifaceted brilliant guy and he's crazy enough to know you know that it's all genuine however he does have a motive to have us uh, be uncomfortable here yep which is you know his rocket ships taking us to other places so i wonder how much of it does he really believe versus is he setting the stage so i don't you follow me yep, yep so there's, yep. there's a little bit of that with him bill gates i don't think has a clue i, I mean he's a super smart guy but i don't think i don't think his forecast is any more valid than mine or yours? Yeah, quite honestly, based on where he comes from. So, so, so I want to riff on that because in the rest of that interview, Musk really talked about the transportation sector as the first one. And he, and when we look at you know some of the research we're doing for one of the uh, book we're writing, the 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 number one job uh, in this country in terms of just the the most common in each state is truck driver. And Musk was really talking about the autonomous vehicle that that. You know, we might it's it's getting decent today, and in some places there it's it's advanced, like in Nevada, and I think their Uber was doing it in Pittsburgh, and it's a few other places. But in five to ten years, let's figure that. Do you think that nut gets cracked where we start to see real autonomous vehicles beyond just the prototypes? Uh, I do, I do. The biggest obstacle right now is, as you know, just regulatory yeah. and unions. Yeah, I think those. I think you so, flatten those two speed bumps. This thing is is everywhere. Who doesn't like better, faster, cheaper? And so where you and I like this uh, over drinks, like to have these, is then what? Okay, so well, I automate a lot of this stuff. Do I need car dealers? Do I need auto parts? How does the whole transportation sector, does that change the way, the place you live? Um, Tom, there are people now that are, that are doing deals to get uh, rights to parking lots. That makes sense. Makes sense. It's yeah. a smart move. You have a lot of money, Tom. There you go. Think about we're, that. We're going to have to talk about that off the air. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 just, uh, I just spent some money in my head virtually. <laughs> well, you think about things that yeah. are critical now, right? right? Right, So you go to a mall somewhere, yeah. and you walk out, and the parking lot is bigger than the mall. Well, that is no longer necessary. That could be the next mall or a bunch of condos. Very interesting. Yeah. So you start to think of... 
of uh, what what's different going forward, right? Yeah. And then uh, and then silly little things like homes. Yeah. Will not need the garage. Why do you need a garage? Yeah. So we reclaim a lot of real estate. Let's jump into another sector: yes. healthcare. Now I don't know if you remember this. You had an event. This is I'm going to go way back into our our history here. We were at uh, Houston's. I think it's now called Hillstone off on oh, Park Avenue. Wow. And you and I were talking about getting your DNA sequenced and how you and I were both talking about getting my DNA. No, no, sequenced? just in general. Okay, our, get it. Back then, Twenty-three <laughs> Me wasn't yeah, yeah. around then. Right, right, right. And uh, we had talked about the notion of advancing technologies into healthcare. Mm-hmm. And that's made a lot of progress. And shoot, that had to be six, seven years ago we talked about that. And so what's your thoughts on advancing AI? You know, I'll just call it the whole emerging technology push into healthcare. Where do you, where do you see that over the next five to 10 years? What should we be looking so, for? So um, I'm a big, uh, I, I think it's great. I think people live longer. I can tell you I've committed to living to 100 years old. So they say part of it is just what's your commitment, right? Then you just kind of back into it from there. But I think uh, uh, the data shows that people are living longer. I'm a big fan of precision medicine, right? For the same reason mass marketing has been dead now for mm-hmm. how many decades? I think mass medical, mass healthcare is uh, needs to be dead and tucked away. Um, and... Um, uh, advances, recent advances in, in genetics and, and DNA sequencing, et, et cetera, um, are helping fuel that. Um, this is kind of related, but I want to I want to mention this to you. So here's my here's my big takeaway rec- uh, for the day, for the month. Um, have you seen anything recently on uh, the concerns over bias? Yeah, and yeah. AI. So here's here's uh, here's what will maybe get me in trouble, but he, he, I honestly I think that the biggest concern for many, depending on where you sit Mm -hmm. out there, it will not be uh, the fact that the uh, AI will be potentially biased. I think it will be the fact that AI will not be biased. No, I get what you're saying. It will tell the truth. So uh, I was at a uh, industry event uh, last week, uh, it was called AI Pioneers, a lot of senior people there. And it was just a round table discussion and that, that came up. That was one of the concerns, actually from some of the people from the UN who were talking about AI bias in the data sets. It had to do with who has data sets to contribute to the AI, and then it learns off of that, and the people who don't are left out a little bit. So I get that part of it. But I also had a conversation, this is maybe two years ago, with uh, McKinsey, and they were using AI to screen resumes. And what they found was that the AI eliminated the bias at the front end around gender and ethnicity in terms of who would make it to the qualification Absolutely. stage. My point exactly. Yeah. So, um, so that's going to be a, a rude awakening yeah. at, uh, for some people, depending on what groups you're for or against. Uh, at the end of the day, there will be true telemetry, right? So right. if you hire a guy like Frank, here's the way it likely plays out based on real factual data that we have. If you hire someone like Tom, here's the way it plays out. And I can't say, oh, no, you're, you know, you're being prejudiced against me or I'm me or I'm unique or things like that. So I think, so I think there'll be good and bad with that, uh, good and bad as a result of that. But, um, but I think, I think the debate is um, in the wrong place. Yeah. Let me ask one more trend issue for, think Mm -hmm. about for this and then we'll wrap up. Um, 
and this is not so much of an industry-specific thing, but how do you think culturally we, collectively we, are going to react to this growing encroachment of digital into our analog lives in terms of the way? So uh, in our team, we talk about these notion of um, digital free centers or digital detox. At some point, there's going to be a pushback, not a Luddite pushback where we fight the technology, but we, we fight the uh, complete inclusion of digital into everything we do. Where do you see that culturally hitting in society, if you do it all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um, remember back in the days of Glasnost and like Russia, right, suddenly right, there yeah. were people that were free and, you know, you think for a moment and say, yeah, they're all free. Well, uh, there were issues with that, right? Because people didn't know what to do with sudden freedom based on what I've learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned at the time. So um, so we have a lot of freedom now. So you have a phone. Uh, you have a phone in front of you. It's very powerful. It could do all sorts of cool things. And if you choose to keep it in your hand all day and then put it by your head at night and then grab it for that's you. That's, a be, that's behavioral. You can't blame anyone else. So I think... I think we have a lot of power and a lot of freedom now, and I think that, that what will separate the people that are uh, uh, empowered by it versus those that are kind of victimized by it will be more uh, behavioral, mm-hmm. right? Because it can't get yeah. you unless you want it to get you, for the most part, Yeah. right? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Take so a me- break, right? Get get out from the screen, go take a walk in the park, put the phone down, et cetera. So are you, uh, Frank, looking forward? Are you optimistic about the next five to 10 years? Oh, I was hoping you would not ask me that question. Yes. Actually, the next five to 10, yes. The 10 after that, not really. Yeah. Is that so, the singularity argument? Well... Uh, guys like you and I will make a shitload of money in the next decade. And then yeah. the, the decade after that, we'll have to hunker down somewhere, Tom. Yeah. Right? Do you disagree? No, no. But uh, I'm also starting to embrace uh, this notion that at some point uh, enough is enough. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm less worried about how I'm going to do personally. And I'm more worried about uh, the society that we live in. Because what's the point of having money if the society crumbles around it? So... I, I've, I've put a lot of passion into making sure that as many people go along for the ride as possible, if that makes sense. Oh, no, I don't disagree. Uh, but your question was, what's yeah. my sense of that? Yeah. Um, um, you know, really, really, it gets better, 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 better. And then, and then it gets a little funky. And then I think what happens is... Um, you'll have to determine where you want to be based. And I believe my prediction is the more advanced the city, um, the more shit's going to hit the fan. Yeah. So I think you want to kind of go opposite at yeah. some point there and get uh, into a more uh, rural uh, uh, area. Lanc- I, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Uh, sounds, sounds good to me, <laughs> wherever that so, is. I kind of I agree with you, uh, but the next few years are going to be very good. What advice would you give people uh, – you know, I get asked a lot, especially from uh, people who are getting ready to go to college. Mm-hmm. Any special advice? You have a very successful young man, Danny, who's come out of school, <laughs> and you've got a few more coming through the system. Yeah. Um, well, I think the key is uh, be aware, mm-hmm. and you're less likely to be, for, all, for, for, for us seasoned dudes and then for the up-and-comers, um, uh, be aware of what's what's happening and do your best to be plugged in. 
um, unfortunately, most people are not, yeah. right? They think these are just buzzwords and they're, this is one of 30 things. But if you have a sense of where this is, AI, just this whole digital revolution and, and, the, and the potential impact, you're less likely to be victimized yep. by it. You're not, you don't want to get cold, digitally cold cocked, right? Yep. Absolutely. Well, listen, hey, if you're not in Frank's uh, ERPA AI or outsourcing networks, please go to his website, get in the network. It's a good place to get information. Uh, a lot of the times we find out stuff through our networking. You're not going to find it in the press because the press is usually late to the game. Uh, and this is a way for you to get connected with other people who are interested in this, and you've got a great network as long as I've known you. So I encourage people to go to the herpaai.net or the outsourcing.com uh, and get and sign up for those networks and learn more about some of the things that Frank and his team are working on. You are too kind, Tom. Great. Thank you so much. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the show today, Pardon the Disruption. If you enjoyed our discussion, I'd invite you to head over to our homepage at www.rumjog.com. You can go there and check out our perspectives page and hear more podcast episodes, read some articles. It's some pretty interesting stuff. You can get access also to our digital disruption series. This is a meetup that we do mostly in New York and New Jersey area where we discuss the impact of these technologies on our society and the way we live and work. We do this alongside of industry experts in various fields like crowdsourcing, automation, and blockchain, uh, the, the, the technologies that are disrupting our world today. Anyway, if you like that, you can also follow us on social media uh, at Twitter on the handle at Rumjog. We look forward to hearing more from you. Thank you.